Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Final hour is here. Glad you're with us. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody alongside Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chad Withrow back with us next week. Crew, uh, aside from Chad, all here today making it happen. And uh, Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine making it happen. And you can join us here. Anytime you're downtown, join us at 6th and Peabody. If you're here, if you're coming to town for the Music City Bowl, Swing by for what's going to be a fun pregame party. Stick around for the game. If you're not going to the game, join us postgame. Pregame party, though, special broadcast coming up on December 30th. We're going to start at 1130 for the live video stream of the show. We will still have OutKick 360 across the OutKick network starting at 2 o'clock Central that afternoon as well. That's when the game kicks off. Uh, we will be live on the radio live on uh, our normal channel here if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or wherever it might be uh, for that we thank you and we'll be live that day normal time but a special time as well previewing Tennessee and Purdue on Thursday December 30th that's coming up a week from Thursday Extra. if you're coming to Music City for the game if you're already here join us here in tailgate with Outkick and Outkick 360 and 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine special uh special drinks uh, throughout the uh, day. There's a big orange moonshine they're going to have prepared. Uh, drink specials, food specials galore. Join us that morning uh, starting at 11 a.m. right here at 6th and Peabody. It's going to be a blast. Uh, we're going to have some uh, Outkick 360 swag, by the way. I had a, a shipment of shirts delivered over the weekend. Nice. So we have, we have that ready to hand out. Uh, the, the 360 logo, some Outkick shirts as well. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Um, Cleveland and Vegas about to kick off. We're going to keep tabs on this game where Nick Mullins is getting the start for the Cleveland Browns up, Nick. against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they they tried to test out this morning from the COVID-19, uh, COVID-19 protocol with uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, with Case Keenum, could not. So it's Nick Mullins who last started for the San Francisco 49ers and won a game. For the 49ers uh, a couple years back. He's now the starter today for Cleveland. Cleveland wins, and they are atop the AFC North in the fourth seed of the AFC, right behind the Tennessee Titans, who are currently the three. And if Washington then wins, I'm up 179 bucks on a eight-game parlay. I love it. Love it. Washington playing tomorrow night. Um, same goes for the Rams. Rams, Seahawks, Washington, and Philly kicking off tomorrow. Kicking off at the same time, I believe. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I, I think dumb. so. I think it's about 7 o'clock Eastern for both games. Don't like that. And uh, tonight you've got uh, Cleveland and Vegas about to kick off on NFL Network. And then the normal Monday night football schedule, you've got the Vikings on the road against Chicago. The Bears had 14 players on the COVID list as of, as of last night. A win by the Vikings puts them into the seventh seed in the NFC. If they win, going into Week 16, the Minnesota Vikings, who have not been able to win close games, 
they would still be in the postseason with three games to play. It is a massive game for Mike Zimmer. All of these are down the stretch. They won last week in a must-win. They'll try to put together another one tonight on the road in Chicago. Really, it comes down to, can Chicago run the football with David Montgomery against Minnesota's defense? Uh, If they can, Justin Fields is allowed a little leeway and pressure off the shoulders of taking on that pass rush from Minnesota. Otherwise, this is a Vikings win easily. Uh, I told you last week how unexcited I am that Chicago continues to be in uh, the rotation at this stage of the season for primetime games. I'm very excited about Cleveland and Las Vegas taking some of that on their shoulders. And they, Minnesota should be able to throw it because they, the Bears placed Jalen Johnson and their safety, Tayshawn Gibson, on the COVID list. So they, they should be able to let it rip. The, the problem is they're not sure if they're going to have the full arsenal available. Adam Thielen is literally a game-time decision. He's going to go through warm-ups and see if he can play or not. So, I'm getting confirmation. We, we were talking last segment about the um, COVID protocols now and, and tests by position, by team. And I've got a source telling me it is, in fact, a different position for each team. So each team gets a position. Did you just each, mention what happened in Kansas week. City? No. Kelsey. Okay, so, so Kansas you- City had tight ends, clearly. It would seem that Tennessee had cornerbacks because they had a cornerback. Detroit had quarterback. Detroit had cornerback and lost Jared Goff, and there was one other uh, that I can't remember. But we can now see which positions, and we're going to be able to tell. That's um, that is so a you could cross huge cornerback off the Titans list and know that's not going to come up again in the rotation anytime soon. Um. You right. think, do you think this is like the Patrick Ewing draft where one of the balls is going to be frozen, cold. and if it's, it's cold, you just, you in this case, it. you just drop it? The quarterback golf ball, the ping pong ball, uh, golf ball, ping pong ball would be uh, cold, so you know when you're feeling around not to pull that ball out of the hopper. And then you you know, you know call, and maybe you've got one that's really warm, and that's the that's the kickers or the specialists. Uh, with where the you're amount, only testing three uh, instead of you know, eight or nine positions, which could be a defensive or offensive line. I just think it's rife with potential to be, to come out uneven somehow and, and for it to appear to be um, uneven and benefit it somebody be. and, and, uh, and be to the detriment of somebody else. Uh, it looks as though Cleveland's getting the ball to start. So we will get through, uh, the show through the first hour and tell you what's going on through the first quarter or so of this game. Uh, Paul, it is time for the autopsy of the Titans and the Steelers. Paul's bat from, from Pittsburgh. What an atrocious second half for the Tennessee Titans. They turned the ball over three times in the span of 10 plays. Yes. And they did not score in the second half and Pittsburgh oh, hey, by the way, barely Paul, had to move the ball. They did not score in the second half yesterday. They did not score in the second half against new England. They did not score in the second half against Houston. This offense is awful. Awful. It starts but does not end with the quarterback, who's not elevating the play of the players around him. But he's been sacked 41 times. That's tied for the most in the NFL. With who? Do you know? Somebody terrible. I'm I can guessing. look it up later. Uh, the, the, the interceptions. He is tied for the most. Or no, he, he stands alone. He stands alone for the most interceptions in the NFL. 
And this is an offense that is not moving the football. I mean, they do it on the ground. They're not moving the football through the air. And that has left them in a really bad spot because they have a defense that yesterday is allowing 19 points that is put in positions. Let's put this in perspective, the 19 points. Put in positions yesterday that, you know, I kept hearing this locally and even some of the national shows. I was listening to a podcast last night, a national podcast recapping the NFL, and it's this, this term, bend, don't break defense for the Titans. Tell me where they had the opportunity to bend yesterday. Well, they, here they, are the they, scoring I mean, jobs. they were bent when they, when they took the field. They, the, the offense was the one bending. Here, here are the scoring drives. 18 yards for a field goal. 63 yards for a touchdown. That's their one legitimate drive. 31 yards for a field goal. Four yards for a field goal. Five yards for a field goal. I mean, when they're driving 18 yards, 31 yards, four yards, five yards for field goals, those are all off turnovers, obviously, that put them in good position. They can't do anything there. I mean, maybe you could stop a first down or two on the first two. When you're giving them the ball with a four-yard drive and a five-yard drive for a field goal, there's nothing. Uh, the defense is helpless there. I mean, they, they stop them, but they force them to kick field goals. But in this kind of offensive display by the Titans, field goals are plenty. And so um, there's, you know, Mike Vrabel's making a big deal out of saying the defense has learned just play where where the ball is when you go on the field. Well, I mean, they, they've come to terms with that over 13 turnovers in, in three of their last four games. But there's there's nothing you can do when the ball's turned over in field goal range. And all you have to do is run Chris Boswell onto the field, who's one of the best kickers in the league. Very on good. one of the worst fields in the league. Uh, for field goal kickers, and he, he's, he's money. Boom, 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 boom. There's 12 points for free. Minus nine is the turnover ratio over the last four games. And again, they've, they've turned it over 12 times, 13 times, excuse 13 me. 13 times in, in the three last, games. In, in, in the three losses. Did not turn it over against Jacksonville. Jacksonville turned it over to them, and they won that game 20 to nothing and, in a shutout. And, and it has the feel, Hutton, this game certainly did. These are not pittsburgh takeaways these are tennessee giveaways no doubt there's not a lot yeah. you don't look at these plays and go whoa that guy made a hell of a play taking that ripping that ball out or anything titans seem to have a vision that's kind of like this they do not feel people coming vrabel talked about this again today you've got to know that guys are leveraging from all angles and coming at you and everything they work on this in practice. They talk about it. Guys are not getting the message. I, I, I wasn't saying that as an insult to Vrabel when I asked him that question yesterday. I was saying, is this getting through to people? He scoffed at that question. Then Tannehill defended, defended the messaging. But he said that we're doing it in practice. We're not translating to the field. Well, it doesn't matter if you're doing it in practice if you can't take it yes. to the field. I mean, it's and a- if Anthony Ferkser makes a rare catch, turns, and then a guy simply gets a hand on the ball and the ball comes out, or if Racy McMath is trying to do too much and extending a play and the ball goes flying up in the air, I mean, they got to get back to basic basics. And they were talking about this coming out of the bye, get back to basics. There's nothing basic about what they did yesterday. I mean, it's basic for Pittsburgh. Playing a very basic team in Pittsburgh. Yes. Pittsburgh had no business. It's a very simple team. No business winning that game yesterday. Um, and it, it was a layup with some of the points. They couldn't get a touchdown. I mean, the, the one touchdown that they scored, they were set up perfectly by that Titans offense turning it over. And the rest of the time, um, you've, you've got the, the Titans defense that, that's holding the field goals. 
And the, the Titans' offense, even when they scored their touchdown, it was due to and, and it, it, it. They're they're allowed to do this. I'm I'm happy for them. It was due to a 55 yard punt return. Yes. That set them up. It's not like they're moving the football on their own on a scoring drive. And on, on the Steelers touchdown, a lot of people upset about the officiating. I understand that. Byard said all the calls were BS. Look, there were two calls against Fulton on that drive. The uh, personal foul on Friermuth, uh, where it did hit him. It, it was it was an odd call because they were both on their feet when he hit yeah, him. Yep. Nobody's going to the ground. But if you look at the replay, it's pretty uh, obvious helmet to helmet there that put a guy probably in concussion protocol, unfortunate pass interference in the end zone, questionable. Um, but you know, a good team needs to be able to overcome that stuff. Titans weren't going to overcome anything that went against them well, yesterday. They, a lot of people on the Jeff Simmons call, which undid, uh, an interception. Is that, am I right? Did that yes. occur on the same call? Look, if you're on the ground like that, whether you're being pushed or not, everybody was like, or a well, fumble. It, it, it overdid a, a, a fumble. Yeah, a turnover. Everybody's like, well, he was pushed. It doesn't matter if you're pushed. I mean, you should be used to this rule by now. If you're on the ground and you lunge low at a quarterback below the knees, that is absolutely roughing no matter what. He's got to minimize what he does there and kind of just arm swipe is all you're allowed to do. He knows that. The Titans know that. They were not upset, really, with that penalty. They understood and accepted well, it. Well, let's just Fans start- are going crazy with that. That's their first roughing. They're very good at not roughing. But when you're pushed and going down that way, that's the Tom Brady rule. People tear ACLs with that all the time, and, and the league's eliminated. You could not like the rule, but you have to accept the call. Well, let's, let's just look at the reaction of Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, he knew immediately – that he was that he was in the wrong, and they they flagged him for hitting him low. You just can't go below the knees or at the knees. It's the, the same thing as going over the shoulders, right? Yeah, they're, they're, that that of of all the penalties and flags thrown to me, that was the most obvious. Automatic, yeah. The Fulton two were both, uh, and I think the personal foul was legit upon seeing it. Uh, the pass interference was a bad call. It was a bad call. Meanwhile, the, the the defense and special team showed up. The offense did not, and and that is what is now turned up the heat on this team. You know, we, we mentioned the scenarios of what would benefit the Titans versus, you know, where, where could they, what did they want to happen in the New England indie game? And I came around and finally convinced myself in a, after, what, five-minute discussion that indie losing would have been the best outcome because, again, the magic number's two. Yeah, but you foresaw this scenario. You said if, and, they, if these two results come – you got four days, then you're sweating against San Francisco. Right. You lose to San Francisco, it's down to half a game. Uh, Indy it's gets, down to the tiebreaker. Indy gets Arizona. Well, no, it's half a game plus a tiebreaker. Down to, it's down to half a game as Indy goes to Arizona and plays the Cardinals team that just lost to Detroit. It doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, there, there are a lot of scenarios going on here. Um, and it, 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 you're, you get down to, you're, you're finally facing a little pressure for a team that had like, a walk in the park uh, whenever Henry went down. Henry went down. They won four straight. And potentially, you've got the Colts within a half game as next Sunday rolls around if they lose to San Francisco. Did you see Jim you do have the You do have the tiebreaker. But again, it goes, it goes back to what could have happened here. And Did- yesterday's a game that you should have won. And the Titans weren't capable of doing it. They handed it away. Did you see Jim Irsay talking No, what did he say? He tweeted yesterday. As far as the fat lady singing for the division title, she hasn't cleared her throat yet. She'll have to wait, believe, 
1913 Steelers exclamation mark. I love it. I mean, he's right. He's start. He's he's rallying his fan base and and the Colts. Look, they're still behind. I mean, I you'd rather be where the Titans are, but you'd rather have the momentum that the Colts do. Coming up, this offensive line, this wide receiving core, this offensive coordinator, and this quarterback get equal get equal uh, consideration here for who's to blame because. It, on a day like today, there are a lot of people pointing fingers. The Titans don't have time to do that. So we'll do it for But them. they also don't have the time to really improve what they're really terrible at either. And what they're terrible at uh, is hopefully going to get a boost with A.J. Brown. But we don't know for sure if he's going to play or not. We presume he's going to play because he's been elevated from IR to return to practice. He's been designated to return to the game. He can play on Thursday night potentially. The hope is he would and will, because this is an offense that is desperate for him. How bad is this wide receiving core right now? Wait until you hear some of the numbers and how you have to dig to find a lot of positives with what is just an absolute atrocious wide receiving core on game day over the last month. That's coming up next on Outkick 360. So the Steelers are going to have a huge uh, factor. They're going to play a huge factor in determining the seeds up top if, if they get in as a wild card or if they win their division. They're still in the divisional race. Here's why. So they just beat the Titans. This week they have the Chiefs. The Chiefs uh, will likely now be without Travis Kelsey, who's on the COVID list. They have just added their kicker, Harrison Butker, to the COVID One list. One of the best. And their cornerback, Charvarius Ward. Uh, all three of those players headed to their COVID-19 reserve list as of today going into week 16 in the game against Pittsburgh. So I, I wasn't including the Chiefs, Paul, in, in our discussion earlier in the show. I absolutely should because the, these test results, which some are at random now and some are daily if you're unvaccinated, they're going to play a massive factor in determining the seeds and the pairings for rounds one through, and really the bye. They're going to play a huge factor in the bye, or could if the Chiefs continue to get popped like this. Pittsburgh can't move the ball against the Chiefs' defense unless the Chiefs cough the ball up the, at the rate the Titans did. Well, they've done that earlier in the year. Yeah, but I think they've settled down now. I'm not that worried about that. 47 guys, I think, have gone on the COVID list today, which is the most um this year so whatever the change to the protocol stuff um unvaccinated guys uh, it would seem to me are getting it and these uh position specific tests are hitting a lot of positives titans fall to the pittsburgh steelers by the way no score to my knowledge in cleveland and, and vegas we'll, we'll give you a score as that game just kicked off and the first possessions underway the the raiders were close to scoring um, Titans lose. And, and the, the question I'm, I'm getting a lot on shows that I go on or, you know, News Channel 5 or discussing things with Paul in a text is how much Tannehill is to blame. And I think it's really difficult to determine that answer because you have a very slow and inexperienced wide receiving core right now. A.J. Brown's going to give them a boost. We're about to explain how. Wide receiving core is really bad. 
Um, the offensive line is not capable of picking up a blitz from a defense. If you're listening to the call on Titans radio, if you're watching Jim Nance and Tony Romo, if they say, hey, there's a blitz coming, chances are the next words will be Tannehill is sacked because this uh, this offensive line, especially Quessenberry, is not holding up. Um, you've got an offensive coordinator who is not as good as the predecessor in Arthur Smith. That's just a fact that no one's willing to say. And Ryan Tannehill's not as good as he was last year. Not even close. Ryan Tannehill's not elevating the play of the players around him. I guarantee you, over the next three weeks, there will be play. There will be a player on the Tampa Bay offense that will become a household name, because Tom Brady is going to be on national TV, and he will elevate the play. He will make sure that player is in position to make a big play down the stretch for Tampa Bay, whether that's down the stretch of the regular season or in the postseason. Tannehill's not doing that. He's been sacked 41 times. That's tied for the most in the league. He's tied for the lead league lead in interceptions. And you can say whatever you want about, oh, this isn't his fault. You can chart all you want. Aaron Rodgers thrown four all year. Four. Uh, that's all you need to know. This is a collective group effort into how bad they've been. They run the football extremely well. Their identity is still on the ground, and that they're, they're excellent at that. They deserve credit for that. They haven't dropped off when, when Henry left, but they are not doing anything else good, and there is no explosion to this group. Um, yeah. let, let me let me go through these numbers, Paul, and then chime in with, with some. So last, I, I was just going to say he doesn't need to be Brady, no, or or uh, or Rodgers. Uh, you know, he, he could be uh, well, Matt uh, Ryan. He, he could be well, Joe Burrow. Uh, just uh, I want to put that on pause for a moment. He doesn't have to be the greatest of all time, no. But the man's making thirty million this year with the restructured contract. He, like it or not, fair or unfair, you can call me, you know, I'm ripping him for no... This guy has to be better than what he's been. Oh, absolutely. Period. On the first play of the game, step up facing pressure. Step up in the pocket and let it rip. Let it rip down the field. Take a deep shot after play number one. I'm I'm on board with everything you said on Twitter yesterday about the inability to take a deep shot. I'm also... I'm going to play both sides of the fence here because late in the game... I wanted Todd Downing to call more run plays. They were ripping Pittsburgh to shreds on the run. They were averaged in the second half six yards a clip running the football. And under two minutes, they threw it like five of six times. And With this wide receiving core, is not capable of separation. That's just a fact. Uh, stick, stick with what you're really great at and what they're great at. They ran for 140 yards in the second half. And when they had to pick up yards late and go down and score, they elected to throw to Nick Westbrook-Akina, who's not capable of running to the sticks. That's the description of where this offense is. David Carr's got 18 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. If Ryan Tannehill had 18 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, I think the Titans would be at least a game better. If the Titans were at least a game better, probably two games better. But if the Titans were at least a game better the tone about this team would be quite different, I think. Here, if the Titans were a game better, they'd be the number one seed. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think yesterday's loss takes them out of that contention. Yeah, they're not going to be. Um, okay. and they're not good enough to be the number one seed. If they were the number one seed no. right now, they would have done it with smoke and mirrors, and it'd be a credit to the coaching staff in a lot of ways. 
Well, they they they're going to have to win their way into that. There's not that they, they can lose their way to the division crown. They can't lose their way to the number one seed. Correct. Right. Like so, there's a difference there. And what I mean by that is that if if Indy loses twice and the Titans were to lose out, they still Titans still get in as the champion as the champ uh, of the AFC South. All right. So Tannehill yesterday in the second half. He completed nine passes for a whopping 37 yards in the second half yesterday. Think about how hard that is to do in today's NFL. Nine completions for 37 yards. That's not all on him. Uh, In fact, I would say the majority of that is on some really bad receivers that are overvalued in the preseason. Um, They don't have depth. They didn't have A.J. Brown. I get it. You have Julio Jones out there. Throw him the football. Throw him the football while he's healthy. He went out there in the second half. Throw him, throw him the football in this first half. Oh, one I target, agree. One I, target. I, I don't understand what they're doing in the first half. Uh, that, to me, the, la- the one target tells you everything you need to know about how they view Julio Jones. Julio Jones right now is a complete bust and just a guy. But even that, if that's he's how just they, a that's guy. That's how they treat him. Even if you treat him as just a guy, even if you know he's just a guy, you know who doesn't know what he is? Pittsburgh. Well, they did shade a safety to him whenever he was on the field. Right. They don't know what he is. So... Give him a ball a couple times. Last three games, this 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 like puts a magnifying glass on the wide receiving core. For all the old Nick Westbrook Aquina is a number two. When we first started Outkick 360, that was a big debate that locally here in Nashville, there were reporters, Joe Rexroad and others, who were saying Nick, Nick Westbrook Aquina was a number two wideout. Nick Westbrook Aquina is the number one yesterday, and he falls into this category of dropping passes and, and lacking the yards after catch. Last three games, wide receivers on this Titans team have a combined 80 yards after the catch. 80 in three games. They have 26 catch, catches for 221 yards collectively over the last three games. 26 catches for the wide receivers for 221 yards. And they had 81 yards after the catch yesterday as an offense. 28 of those were from Jeremy McNichols and 25 of those were Deontay Foreman running backs. So that leaves less than 30 yards of after the catch, catch and run to a wide receiver. That is just as awful as you can get nowadays in the national football league on how offenses are built. There's zero speed and zero breaking of a, of a tackle by these receivers. They're, they're barely getting open to begin with. A.J. Brown last year had 432 yards after the catch. So nearly half of his yards came after he caught the football. A.J., if you take him out of this season's numbers, they have just 457 yards in 14 games after the catch. So they've That's got all about, positions. All no, yes. The, the 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 wide receivers, wide receivers, Paul, not not running back. So the wide receivers have 457 yards after the catch combined. They have 20 more yards combined than what AJ Brown gave this offense all of last year. And to put that in comparison, um, yards after the catch, Arizona this year has 965 yards collectively. <laughs> after the catch. Kansas City has 985. I mean, that's that's what you expect offenses at the top tier of the AFC and NFC to do. 
Titans are nowhere close. They're at the bottom here. And and just to put another thing in perspective, Cooper Cup this year, 647 yards after the catch. That's getting open and then making a big play. And right now, the Titans are lucky if a wide receiver just gets open. Um, they're lucky if Tannehill's even going to throw him the football when a guy gets open because he's not letting it rip. He's not getting rid of the football. Instead, he's taking a sack. Some of the things, Am I being too harsh here? No, because this is terrible. I, no, I mean, they're very, very pedestrian. So it makes you wonder. Like, you, you can only scheme open so much, right? But one of the things you could do – so they've gone heavily to screens, and that's why the running backs are, are doing well, and that's good, right? You're getting running yeah. backs into space, and they're effective with it. Where are, the, where are the bunches and the rubs that can get guys some space off of the line of scrimmage? Right. I, I when I see Cody Hollister and Racing McMath and Nick Westbrook Akina on the field together as the three wide receivers and they don't do that, it makes me think they can't do that. Like that it's too complicated for them to sort through that. Is that a jump in logic? No. Uh, let me Because why me, else aren't you doing that? Well, let, if you're incapable of not of not doing that, this sounds like a little drastic, but I don't I don't think it is. I want them in the second half yesterday. So in the first half, help me here. There was a first and twenty. They decided to run. They ran. I asked. There was a about third and today. long, and they decided to run. Third and thirteen. Okay. And another first and twenty. So they ran three times in those. There situations. was a conservative aspect to those plays that at, at the time you're going, what what are they doing? But in the second half, they threw the football sixteen times, completed nine of them. Of the ones that were not completed, he was sacked twice and threw an interception. Um, completed nine for 37 yards, whatever I said earlier. I wanted them to run it more. They ran for 140 yards in the second half alone, and I, I, I left that game saying, why didn't Todd Downing just stick with, with what was working? Yeah, we were texting. He, was, he showed me a series. He was like, I mean, what's just, going on here? Yeah. I circled mean, it. But, because, again, like, again, it sounds a little drastic. I would be closer to what New England did against Buffalo than what the Titans did yesterday against Pittsburgh knowing that these receivers are not capable of getting open and doing anything, that if you're going to throw it, you're throwing to your running back anyway, and the fact that you're gashing, literally gashing this Pittsburgh Steelers defense up the middle, I don't know why you didn't stick with it more, as, as, as productive as it was. I, I get what you're saying. I think, though, you should be able to beat Pittsburgh with the balance that they had and – helping these receivers develop some of these things because you're going to need them to do this in order to win. A.J. Brown's going to come back, hopefully, and be okay at least. But Westbrook, Akina, and and McMath, and even Hollister are going to need to make some catches somewhere along the way. And you've got <laughs> to do something to get them going. I mean, in that, some way, shape, or form. And so they should be able to handle the workload that was given to them yesterday. It wasn't extreme. No, no, I, I don't disagree. You get what I'm saying. Yes. So you can't – you should be able to win that game yesterday and throw to them some. <laughs> I understand you got to go game by game. So I think know, in they, hindsight, in hindsight, you could say, hey, let's uh, screw those guys this week and we're going to really load up on the run and we'll worry about next week, next you know, week. Be better yet, and I, I said I was going to get this later in the show, Another reason why I would have gone to I, – I, when I say the Patriots game, I don't mean throw three passes all game. I'm not that drastic here. But I'm not throwing 16 in the second half um, when you're running for 140 yards. 
uh, the other thing you do is you take TJ Watt out of the game by doing that. And he was dominant yesterday against Questenberry. He was That's another reason why you don't have time to set up anything deep because you don't trust your offensive line to protect your quarterback to do it, or, or your receivers to actually get open on a play where you design them to get open. It's just remarkable that they've got no alternative in-house to David Questenberry. And I, we haven't talked about this enough. Uh, we've talked about the failure of the Josh Reynolds signing. We've talked about uh, you know failures on this roster construction about Dylan Radens not being capable of pressing him. Kendall Lamb was a guy they signed very early in free agency as if he was Dennis Kelly's replacement. And I didn't have a big problem with them letting Dennis Kelly go. Uh, it was a financial move to a degree, and I think they also felt like Dennis Kelly's clock was up and that they were making that move early rather than late, which is fine if you go spend that money on somebody that you think is the next Dennis Kelly. Kendall Lamb is not the next Dennis Kelly if he can't put any pressure on David Questenberry for that job, and he has not put one iota of pressure on David Questenberry for that job. So it's been a while since we've got into the, the, like the full scope of the failures at right tackle. But David Questenberry is starting there by default because Sam Brilo couldn't win it or didn't win it and then quit because Kendall Lamb couldn't win it and hasn't put any pressure on it and because Dylan Radens, whether he's in uniform or not, is standing next to the damn heater. Yeah, they drafted a tackle and put him at guard, backup guard. I mean, it put him at a position where they don't need <laughs> they got a they've got one of the more durable offensive line uh players uh to play through pain and Roger Saffold who missed a game remarkably for the first time this year. I don't know how that's possible because he drops out. He's playing with a nerve issue and I'm not I'm not being critical here. I'm I'm praising him. Oh, he's tough uh, guy. Yeah, he's, he's tough as tough as they come. And then, you know, on the other side, uh you've got an up and comer who you expect uh can be there long term for you at right guard. Hasn't had a great season Nate Davis, but He's he's a, I mean, he's playing a main, next to Quesenberry. He's a mainstay. Yeah, he's playing next to Quesenberry and Aaron Brewer. They're high on. I, I don't. He wasn't great yesterday. Nobody was great yesterday. But Aaron Brewer, I think, uh, you know, is locked in here as the third guard at least. Yeah. Um, with potential to play some some center uh, if they need if they need him to. Currently, the Raiders lead the Browns seven to nothing. No. They've just Ooh. entered Browns territory for the second time this game, and uh, Derek Carr. Unfortunately, Paul, he's he's good. Derek Carr tonight. There's time. First quarter. They're in the second quarter. Just started. Miles Garrett playing. Miles Garrett is playing. He could make him bad. Derek Miles Carr. Garrett made. He became a meme on Twitter in pregame because he led the uh, pregame speech. He says, "We all we got." And they, you know, they were making fun of, not making fun of, but listing all the players out versus the players in the huddle. Um, Who the we is. We, yeah, who's we? Uh, Derek Carr, nine for nine with a touchdown and 82 yards passing in the first quarter. I mean, they came out with an excellent game plan. Uh, Raiders, though, just fumbled and they recovered it, but it went all the way back into Raiders territory. So they got a, a there second, you go, Paul. second 20 to and run it was on Miles like Garrett. the Titans would do. It was Miles Garrett who, uh, was nearly recovering that fumble. Oh, that was a bad fumble. Sloppy. Um, Look, Titan-esque. Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, what, what happened yesterday, all you can do is laugh. My grandfather used to say, I'd rather laugh than cry. So when something bad would happen, he'd just kind of laugh at it and move on. 
I don't know. I thought you could do that like four games ago when this happened. This is a trend that doesn't seem to be going away. And Ricky from West End chimes in on the show. He says, look, the Titans are on the knives edge of not making the playoffs. Having to play two of the hottest teams in the NFL while the Colts get an imploding Cardinals and a decent Raiders. I mean, he's looking at it from, and he's also a Dolphins fan. Dolphins have won six straight games. They were one and seven. They're now seven and seven. They're they're really, really good right now. They're coming to town, not this week, but next week. Um, They have the Saints. The Dolphins have the Saints. They could come to Nashville in a seven-game win streak. And he's right about the 49ers. The 49ers are really, really good. Their defense is exceptional. Bosa, Nick Bosa, has been a terror. And the the one saving grace is you had a West Coast team play the late afternoon slot at home yesterday, and now they have to fly across the country on a short week. But again, it's that that's me trying to look at this through with, with rose cover colored gra- glasses on a Thursday night. It's football very game. hard for them not to make the playoffs, even if they get uh, lose out. Now I put it into the playoff machine. I don't remember the numbers, but I'll have them before we're done for the day. Does that include like the chiefs and everyone else losing some games? It, it I would. just put in three Titans losses. Well, later this week we can do that. Yeah. You know how, how bad it would have to get. Um, is it, the, the good news for them is early in the season, they, got a they, lot of they won most of their AFC matchups. If if for whatever reason they lost out and they they missed the postseason with losses to the Jets and to the Texans. Well, and that would, if they lost out, there'd be two losses to the Texans. Well, that, yeah, that's right. Which I find hard to believe even for as poorly I, as they're playing. They're, they're, the presence of A.J. Brown is going to do them wonders uh, because – even with AJ, it's not like we saw AJ and Julio on the field that, together that much anyway. And if if that's the case, Julio was out of the game quicker than the game kicked off. But the 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 presence of AJ and the the connection, the rapport that Tannehill has with him will show up as soon as he's back on the you field. You know, another guy they're missing. I, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. Marcus Johnson is a good notch better. Than, oh yeah, than uh, Westbrook Aquino. I agree. And and he was lost for the season with his second stint on IR with the hamstring. Final thoughts on this game, and uh, we preview tonight's game. We'll keep you updated on the Browns matchup with the Raiders as well, coming up on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on. Been a fast show today. Sixth Super and Peabody, our location. Merry Christmas and happy holidays yes. to everyone watching across the Outkick Network. If you're listening, Fox Sports Shoals, Fox Sports Knoxville, uh, Huntsville, Florence, Alabama. I uh, mentioned Knoxville. Uh, if you're listening to the Upper Cumberland on Sports Radio 104.7, we say hello and Merry Christmas to you and your families as well. Hutton's impressively got all of his shopping done. I don't know how he did it. I do not. Well, I do. Yeah, I do. You do have it all done? I think so. Yeah. Very impressive. Now, Claire doesn't, you know. She doesn't trust me with the vast majority of it. And no, to to point. her to her credit, she has handled not all of it, but practically all of it. Well, you know, we do this thing where we kind of uh, either buy each other stuff that we tell each other, which has no surprise, or in fact, buy it for ourselves. So I, I ran into a nice men's sh- shop in Pittsburgh where I got myself a couple shirts that will show up under the tree. Won't they be a nice surprise? Put them in the rotation quickly. Yeah, you'd like to have them now, wouldn't you? 
I'll make it. Okay. Four shows, I can make it. <laughs> um, Paul, we spent a lot of time you know, ripping into this Titans team. It, they're, they're still likely to win their division. I say that. I, I still believe that. I, they're, they have a formula that this time of year should, should be able to win football games. Just hang on to the freaking ball. Like, stop turning it over. And turnovers are going to happen. It's like saying that uh, an offensive line can't allow a sack. Like, sacks are going to happen. Um, but like the Tannehill bobbling the snap, we never see that. That's what he said. We never like, see that. I can't that. remember it happening. Um, uh, going going back to, you know, they're, they're always tip passes. and, and the That race- one I'm forgiving for. Taco Charlton is 6'6". Uh, he made a good play, got up in the air. It happens to come down right where oh, but, a linebacker but, is there. But to Should me, he have seen it coming? I, I, I felt as though they knew the screen was coming the entire way. Yeah. And uh, if you watch him, I mean, he, he it's not like he tried to Evade. get a, a great jump off or tried to uh, uh, bull rush or anything like that. I mean, this was, he was setting up to jump and try to bat that ball in the air because he was expecting He made screen. a good play, that's for sure. With that being said, I, I think the Titans are fully capable. Every team right now has an issue, at least one flaw. Yeah, you're right. And this the, one's the, a killer. The issue. Titans' flaw is that they can't hang on to the football all of a sudden. For the last month, they've been incapable of actually just carrying the football and not fumbling. Uh, and, and, and doing that, again, it, it happens in big spurts. It happened in the fourth quarter. They turned it over what, three times within 10 plays. I mean, it was, it was a complete meltdown. That's their flaw. Are they capable of correcting their flaw faster than maybe what can Baltimore correct? You know, again, I'm just giving examples. Every team's got a flaw that they've got to correct over the next three weeks if they want to make the postseason, or at least mask if they want to make the postseason. And Titans have less time to correct now with the game on Thursday. Against a tough opponent. I, I mean, it's very tough not to be biased about what's happening right this second. You know, so you say, right, can they right. cure it? And I say, no, they're going to squeeze the hell out of the ball on Thursday night, right? And they're going to be that much more likely to drop it. But I'm, I'm looking at the game yesterday, Paul, and I'm th- the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, doing the math, they scored 16 points in the second half. They gained 65 yards in the second half and scored 16 points. That's how easy the Titans made it. Surely... They're not going to make it that easy on teams because this defense, what I was setting up, this defense is exceptional. They are awesome to, and fun to watch. They they swarm. They're swarm tackling yesterday. Anywhere oh, that God. ball, they there were plays where they missed two or three tackles, like legitimately missed tackles, but there was no positive yardage because the next guy was there. The bye week has worked r- wonders for that defense. They look fast Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh has a couple couple pass catchers who like to go backwards like they're going to outrun a whole team to the edge. And the Titans would just converge. Like, I'm not talking two or three guys. I'm talking like six guys. Yes. And it's just uh, stupid. You're giving up four Nowhere or five yards um, for a team that's not gaining many yards, like you said. It's a foolish approach. You get get what you can and get down. Uh, a topic for tomorrow. We it, It's been a while since we've seen the Titans play a full 60 minutes. That was one of my keys from last week that I thought they would need, and they they did a half of that, and then the second half collapsed. Um, they, they're going to need that down the stretch to secure the AFC South because the Colts, while the Patriots nearly pulled the comeback, they've got the the confidence and the swagger to play the full sixty minute game, and their their defense is actually getting turnovers on the regular, 
whereas the Titans' defense, they did it two weeks ago, and they're not doing it right now. They need to get back to that. Full, full discussion on that and more. We'll have full recap of what's going on with the Browns and Raiders. Uh, we'll recap Vikings and Bears. And we'll preview the two games on Tuesday night football. That's all coming up on Outkick 360 Tuesday. Don't block the box. Do please lock the locks.